Zip it and zip it good. Zip it just like you should. Action. <laughs> Welcome to Echo Online Service. We love that you are joining us today. We are in the middle of our essential series, Back to Basics. And today we get to hear Pastor Andy teach on prayer, the power of prayer and praying big God-sized prayers. If you are new to Echo Sunday Service, a little rundown of what to expect. We will start with our Echo Band, hear a message, and wrap up with a time of response. Now, before we dig in, let's talk tables. At Echo, we know the importance of gathering around the table, of coming together and learning from one another. Tables are Echo's small groups, a place to connect between Sundays, a place to grow, and a place to have some fun. We have so many options to choose from. Head to our website to sign up today. Because of your faithfulness in giving, we were able to help a church launch last week, and it was incredible. Be sure to stick around until the end of service today to see a recap of their first Sunday. If you are looking to give today, you can do so a couple different ways. Head to our website, use the Church Center app, or text any amount to 84321. Thanks again for joining us and being a part of our Echo fam. Enjoy Echo online service.
get lost in my mistakes What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength My story isn't over, my story's just begun yeah. Failure's not defined, cause that's what my father does yeah. Failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does
Check your shame at the door. City welcome anymore. Oh, oh, you're in the Father's house. In this moment, all across this room, can we just lift our hands towards heaven? We don't do this for attention on us, but we simply do it as an act of surrender to invite him in this moment. God, we thank you that this is a house of worship. God, a place that we can come to bless your name and thank you for what you're doing. God, and I just sense in, in this room and in this moment, God, that you are working. God, that the people that walk in here with shame and a burden, God, that the shackles would fall off right in this moment in Jesus' name. God, the people that need healing in this moment, God, that they would just surrender it to you, the sickness, God, the unwellness, they surrender it in this place. God, we make this a place of worship, a house of prayer. God, we lift our voice towards heaven as, as we lift adoration to your name and bless your name in this place.
Uh, but we are in the middle of our series called Essentials. We're going back to the basics. And what I want to do is kind of leverage uh, our physical basics and, and be able to mirror them to our spiritual basics. And last week I had mentioned, or two weeks ago, I had mentioned that we have four basic needs when it comes to uh, our spiritual walk, our spirituality, that every human desires for these four things. They may not be able to articulate it like this, but they do need this. I, I truly believe this with all my heart. And the first one is this, that we, we have this spiritual need that God would speak to us. We have the spiritual need that God would hear us. We have the spiritual need that God would be with us. And then the fourth one is that God would work within us and through us. And I think that's really what Sam nailed last week is that, that last one where God uh, is working and desiring to use us, but he wants to do a work within us first. And so today what I want to do is just kind of unpack uh, really that second one is our need as humans for God to hear us. So I went on vacation, as you, as you know already, and I've got a confessional because I just spent the last 10 days nonstop with my family. <laughs> Anybody, you know what I'm saying? And as a parent, I've learned one thing, and, and that's this, is that your kid, or my kids, uh, are learning how to communicate. They're learning and they're trying to figure out their way through this big world. And one of the things that I have been uh, just noticing and maybe you as parents have noticed this, or maybe if you were a child at some point, which is all of us, maybe you used to do this. But I find it absolutely fascinating that my kids, when they want to get our attention, Christy and I's attention, all we hear is something like this. Dad. 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 Mom. And what they do is they just say your name and they say it on repeat. Anybody, anybody relate to that? Anybody want to confess with you, uh, confess with me today? It drives me nuts. I mean, it drives you nuts. Can I hear an amen? amen. Come on, just making sure you're awake. Just talking about real life problems in 2021. And I got to thinking about that whole uh, way of communicating. I think a lot of times that's what we do to God. It's this constant like, hey, God, woohoo, hey, I'm over here. And I think a lot of that comes down to, to this kind of maybe sense of doubt. Maybe this idea that you're not getting God's attention. I mean, let's be honest, right? I mean, isn't that why our kids repeat our name over and over and over? Because for some reason, they don't think that they have our attention. And I think we do that with, with God. I think sometimes we doubt if God is listening. And I just want to tell you this is God is always listening. Sometimes we, we doubt if God can hear us. I, I believe that we doubt sometimes that God even cares. And, and this is the perspective that I want to address today, that God cares, that God hears, and that God is listening 
to you. But a lot of times what we do is we just stop at that God. Dead. Woohoo. And it's hard sometimes to kind of break that mold. And so we're going back to the basics today. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 9, and we're going to eventually get to Luke chapter 11, and I think it's Luke chapter 17. So we're going to go on a little ride for the next hour. Glad worship was short. Now I get to speak really long. So (laughs) I'm joking. What I want to present to you today is that prayer is as bread to our soul. Luke 11 says this, Luke 11, I, I, I juked you out, Luke 9, Luke 11, turn 11. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, just as John taught his disciples. In verse 2 it says, he said to them, when you pray, say, and you know how it goes, right? Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. And then verse 3 it says this, give us each day our daily bread. This is the one aspect I want to zoom into today. And and every year, if you're a part of Echo and Echo is your home, I will always speak about prayer. I always take us a little deeper into the concepts of it because it is one of our spiritual needs. I want to zoom into this idea that God desires to give us each day our daily bread. How many are thankful that when Jesus was teaching his disciples, he didn't just stop at dad? Dad. But he goes into some practical concepts like giving us our daily bread. Here in the scripture, bread is the symbol of our basic needs. It's our daily need. Yes, physically, but I also believe it's spiritually. Spiritually, we are in need of God's bread and what God provides to us. And as we've talked about these basic needs, I believe prayer is exactly that. And like I said, I want to present this idea that prayer is as bread to our soul. So let's zoom in a little bit and let's go into Luke chapter 9. The context of what we're about to read is Jesus has been teaching to a large group of people for days. (laughs) Could you imagine that? You know, like sitting around listening to Jesus for days. I mean, how awesome would that be? In fact, I was thinking about all the days I had spent with my kids. And and yes, they were talking to me and I was talking to them. We were having a great time. We had a lot of drive time going to the beach every day. It was a real struggle. Uh, And one of the things that was funny is, you know, kids say funny things, right? If you're spending a lot of time together, if you pause and actually listen to your children, they'll say something funny. And and our second born, Kaya, she's been hungry like all the time. And so I was thinking about bread. You know, obviously I'm thinking about bread and I'm thinking about some of the funny things my kids said. And just randomly on the way to the beach one time uh, this last week, my, my daughter Kaya said, hey dad, if I was a bug, I would probably eat out of the trash. It has nothing to do with my message, but I needed to tell you that today. Um, but thankful, I'm thankful for bread and not trash. Luke chapter 9, verse 12, all the time that he's been spending with this large crowd, they had become hungry, just like my daughter, Kaya. And Luke 9, it says this, 9, verse 12, late in the afternoon, the 12 disciples came to Jesus and he said, send the crowds away. Send them away. <laughs> Vamanos. So they can go to the surrounding villages and the countryside to find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. They've spent a lot of time and the people are hungry. I I wouldn't doubt if they aren't just a little bit hangry. 
Jesus replied, you give them something to eat. And they answered, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all of the crowd, which by the way, it was 5,000 men. Theologians believe it could have been anywhere up to 20,000 people watching Jesus and listening to him for a few days and his teachings. They were really, really leaning in. And verse 14, it says, he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups about 50 each. And the disciples did so. And everyone sat down. And verse 16 is where I want to focus. Jesus, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looked up to heaven and he gave a blessing and he broke them. He gave a blessing, he gave thanks, and he broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. And what I want to do is zoom in today on that word blessing. The word blessing, that word in Greek is eulageo. It means to praise. It means to celebrate. It's this idea of blessing. And depending on what version you're reading with us today, you may have a few different words. It could be that Jesus gave thanks and he broke it. Others would read he blessed it and he broke it. Some of you might even read that he praised God and broke it. And what I just want to do today is uh, just let you know that potentially this portion of scripture is one of the most misinterpreted, misapplied scripture in the 21st century. And many of us, if not all of us, have read this scripture, have been told about it when we were in Sunday school or our parents taught us how to pray around our meal. This is where we get it from. And, and, and if you're anything like me, uh, what I was taught, nothing against my parents who, by the way, watch these messages every week. I love you. Thank you for everything you did. Um, what I took as a child is when we go ahead and break bread, when we have something on our plate, when we pause and pray at a meal, that we should pray for our food. It's just such a slight variance. It's, it's really not that big of a deal. Yet what I want to do is burst some of our theological bubbles today. And, 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 and suggest to you, yes, that is a little variance, but I believe it's kind of a human nature to just twist scripture oh so slightly in order to really fit into our context and really, you know, help us get what we want. This is not what Jesus is doing. Jesus is not pausing and saying, Jesus, bless this food as I give it out to the people. What he's doing, and it's, it's something historically known, is he's pausing and he's not blessing the food. He's blessing the Father in heaven. He's pausing and he's saying, thank you for what you have given to me. A commentary writes this, uh, uh, the verb blessed does not mean that he somehow imparted a blessing to these physical objects. Such an idea is found nowhere in scripture. In fact, when Jesus is praying, this is a prayer of thanksgiving. 
a prayer that would start with something like this. Blessed are thou, O Lord. And we would go on specifying what you're thankful for. Again, just such a small little detail, but again, I think it's something that can really, really shift our prayer life if we're not being careful. I'm not, like I said, I'm not really looking to, you know, explode our minds or really disappoint anybody or talk down to you, but I do think a little shift in our prayer cycle is necessary in 2021. And here's the deal. There's two contrasting prayer cycles that I want to talk to you today about. Number one, it's the typical, and the second is the biblical. So let's talk a little bit about the typical prayer cycle. The first one, as we pray for our meal, but not limited to, I believe it's, uh, it, it, it begins to show our, uh, and reflect our version or our perspective on who God is. This typical prayer cycle looks something like this. Number one, we look and see what is on our plate. Let me say it like this. We look and see what is in our hands. Now, again, I don't want to limit it just to the meal. I want to also talk about what's in our bank account. I want to, I want to, I want to uh, not only talk about what's on the plate or our bank account, but, wh- but what and who is in our homes. I want to look at you know, our work environment or our school environment, what we have or what we don't have. So just help me move past just the simple meal. That what we do is when we pray, we look and see what is in our hands. And that's where we start when it comes to praying. And what we do typically, and and again, maybe some of us don't do this, but I know I do this, is what we do is we go, God, would you bless what is in my hands? Would you bless what is on my plate? Would you bless this Food, God, my bank account, would you bless it so I can, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. I think it's easy to kind of get into that rut. And in fact, I was thinking like, you know, there are some probably funny, probably funny uh, meal prayers uh, that we've heard in the past. And I found this one on Google and I thought I'd pray for, I, I actually would share it with you today because I think maybe a lot of us would would admit that maybe we've prayed like this in the past. It says, Lord, bless this mess of a meal I've made before the guests arrive. I hope I've hidden the burnt cornbread discreetly enough with the okay slices. When I've added too much salt, let me have watered it down enough so others won't notice. And please, please, Lord, if you really have mercy on me tonight, just let, let the guests call a rain check. Amen. There's an episode of The Simpsons <laughs> where Homer, Homer is sitting around the table and he's praying with his family and his prayer goes something like this. God, I bought all this food with my money, so thanks for nothing. Again, that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but if we're not careful, 
It is so easy to look at what's in our, or on our plate, what's in our hands, what is or isn't in our bank account, and begin to go, God, would you bless what I have? And then this is where the cycle breaks, is when the blessing doesn't actually occur, then we break the cycle of prayer and we start saying, why do I even ask? This is the typical prayer cycle. In fact, I think the disciples display this as they come to Jesus and they say this. You understand that the disciples are talking to Jesus. That's in essence what? Prayer. The disciples come up to Jesus. He's God, right? Son of God. And he said, what do they say? The first thing they say, hey, Jesus, send the crowds home. I think that's how we break the cycle. We, we look and we see what's in our hands and we're like, you know what? There's really no great value to keep the crowds around at this point. They've listened to you for a few days. And so the disciples, they come up to Jesus and they have a perspective that needs to be flipped. And they come up to Jesus and says, they say this, send these crowds home. Because when blessing doesn't come for what we're asking, the cycle can easily break. And we start believing this idea that God doesn't care, that God doesn't care about the details, and why should we even ask? Let's talk about the biblical cycle. That's the typical cycle. It's easy to get into that rut. It's easy to begin to... um, just fall short in the area of prayer. This idea of going back to the basics, let's look at the biblical cycle as we look at the story and scripture that we just read. As the disciples come to Jesus and they say, send the crowds home. He says, no, you feed them. And then they came with five, five loaves and two fish. Jesus takes that and he puts them in his hands. And I think that's actually a pretty good place to start. But let's not stay there. In fact, Jesus holds the bread or the fish, or maybe they're not in his hand. Maybe they're on the table. Maybe they're on a rock. Who knows really know what's going on there specifically. But in essence, this biblical cycle that God is presenting through this story is what is in your hands. Let's start praying there. And then the next move Jesus takes is he looks up to the Heavens. I believe this is the moment that Jesus is looking at the few things that he has and the, the great need in front of him and, and, and is realistic and going, okay, I may have this, but I'm going to look to the one that actually can make something happen here. I believe it's Jesus looking at his father in heaven and in essence saying, no matter if I have little or I have much in my hands, I give it to you, God. I believe this is Jesus's focus. He's putting his focus on on not necessarily the physical object, but he's putting his focus on who gave that object, who created that object in the first place. And then the next thing that Jesus does is this. As I believe he asks this simple question, and and, and I'm, I'm putting it in form so you can reuse it, but he asks what should I praise you for God. As Jesus has what he has in his hands, he looks to the heaven and he blesses God. He pauses and he says, thank you for what I 
have. I believe Jesus is probably sitting there saying, thank you for this opportunity to to show the goodness and the greatness of my Father in heaven. He takes and he pauses and he simply begins to thank God. He begins to praise God. He begins to bless God for what he has. And then the fourth thing that happens in this story. And I think if we want to transform our prayer life in 2021, we would apply this. We'd ask the simple question, who should I share it with? I think this is where if the biblical model is, is rescripted or if this cycle's ever broken, a lot of times it can be broken right there. That a lot of us were like, you know what? Okay, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a realistic perspective. I'm gonna appreciate what I have. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep my focus on you and, and how you can sustain me, how you can give me my daily bread, that you're going to take care of my needs. You're taking care and blessing my family. You've promised that. I'm going to look to you as the God that's able and capable of doing amazing things in my life. And then that third response of saying, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to live this attitude of gratitude. I'm going to live life like this. But the thing that we do so often is we think it's all for us. And I think if we're going to have an effective prayer life in 2021 and beyond, what we need to do is take that next step and say, Lord, after I say praise, I'm going to take what I have and I'm going to share what I have with the world. And the end of the story is they all ate and they were all satisfied. I mean, what if, if we would apply this biblical cycle to our life, what if this would happen into this echo community? What would happen in Rochester? What would happen in your home? What would happen at the school that you're working at or you're going to or whatever it might be? What would happen if we would apply these concepts to prayer in our life, not just limited to the table, not just limited to the meal, but maybe modeled there, but applied into our positions and our life and our normal everyday ins and outs, what if we would find satisfaction? And because we are satisfied, we can help, f- help other people find that satisfaction. And I love the story of feeding of the 5,000 because at the very end, the disciples who doubted that they were able or capable of feeding this 20,000 people the end of the story is the disciples went around and they picked up 12 basketfuls of leftovers, one for each disciple. It was kind of like this little personal jab in my mind. And Jesus, like, you want to doubt me? Well, I'm going to show you because we're going to have more than enough. How many of you know that that's the God we serve? Can I hear an amen? I believe that this story is to illustrate that God is good that God can do more than you can expect, that God is willing to do more than you'll ever ask or you'll ever dream of. Now, in Luke 17, Jesus is walking from a city uh, of Samaria and he's on the edge of this, I guess, the edge of Samaria and the Sea of Galilee which is about 30 miles away from, from uh, Jerusalem, and minimally. It could be even more. And he's coming into this, this um, edge of the town, and these 10 
men with leprosy are screaming, Jesus, if you have or have pity on us, if you have compassion on us, please heal us. It's in essence, they're they're looking at their current circumstance, right? They're they're, they're outcast on the edge of the, the town and they're saying, Uh, We need something, God. We're in need. We don't have much. And when you're passing by, Lord, would you have pity on us? And Jesus instructs these 10 men with leprosy. And he says, go show yourself to the priests. What you can't read, but I'm going to tell you today is this, is Jesus is in essence saying, hey, we're about 30 miles from Jerusalem and you have leprosy. You need to pick up your mat whatever you might have, whatever you don't have, and you need, to go to your, you need to go to the priest in Jerusalem, show yourself that you are healed. And 10 of them, with great faith, they decided to do so. But that's not where the story ends, and they're on that trip, which, by the way, minimally is probably a two-day trip. You think about someone that's like, these people are in horrible health conditions and they have to walk to Jerusalem and it's 30 miles or so to do it. And so they're on their way in verse 15, we pick up in the story and it says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, which by the way, we don't know when that happened. It said that he came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus's feet and he thanked him. And then it says this one little detail. Oh, by the way, he was a Samaritan. 10 were healed. One person came back. Statistically, this biblical statistic presents this idea that nine out of 10 of us struggle with saying thank you. Nine out of 10 of us struggle with saying, thank you, God. Being people of gratitude, being people who can see the positive amidst the negative, seeing and being thankful for what you have. And I just wonder if, if, if just like the, 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 the men who were struggling and, and were dirty in this society, were, were, were struggling in their health, desired for Jesus to have pity on them. I'm wondering if we could be a community, community where we just simply lean into Jesus and say, Jesus, would you have pity on me? Because my perspective has been wrong. Would you have compassion on, once, on us once again? Jesus, we repent. We have asked and we've asked and we've asked and, and we've failed to just say thank you for what we have. Jesus, in the same story, he looked at his disciples and he asked, we're, we're not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Richard Rohr, a modern day theologian, writes, a mature prayer always breaks into gratitude. Here's my big idea. May bread, as we pray that prayer that Jesus teaches us, 
May prayer, may bread be a reminder. You know, and I love illustrations and I love using food, but I've done that like a lot, so I chose not to. (laughs) But when we come to the table with our family, when we come to the table at our lunch hours, would we just flip the script in 2021 and would we forget about blessing and, and praying for our food and would we begin to pray and say, thank you, God, for what you have given us. Thank you, God, because you are a good God. Thank you, God, because you are more than able. Thank you, God, because you will give us more than we could ever ask for, Any, anything more than we could ever dream of, anything that we could ever expect. You are capable and able and desiring to do great things in our life. Number one, may bread be a reminder that God is a giver. May bread be a reminder that God is to be thanked, that God is to be praised, no matter what we have or what we don't have. And then the third thing, I want to be this type of people, I want to have this type of faith, is when we ask God, can we ask big? My fear is this. We can ask small, and we actually receive what we ask for wondering in 2021, if we can be a church, if we can have, be a people of faith that come in and ask for big things. I mean, really, nowhere in scripture does God fight against this idea of asking. He wants us to do so. And if we're going to ask, let's ask big. What if we would be people who ask big, but then we're people committed to give big? to give big in our life. I believe that's God's intention for his people. Jesus, today, we just pause. In fact, would you just close your eyes? Would you bow your heads? I mean, really, really, will you have a realistic view of your current state, your family's state, your financial state, Maybe your desire, your longing, your dreams. Maybe some of you, you're looking at your calling at the moment. Just ponder what you have. I mean, really, honestly, even think about what you don't have. Five loaves and two fish, that's not much. But what we have, Lord, we hold up to you. And Jesus, we focus on you. God, we focus on you, the author and the finisher of our faith. And Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you no matter the condition we find ourselves. We thank you that, God, that you care for us, you desire to have a relationship with us, and that, God, you will give us what we need. 
And today, God, I just ask that as we, I, I, I really sense, Lord, that right now as you're, you're, you're filling our souls with spiritual bread and, and, and the spirit of thankfulness, the spirit of gratitude, the spirit of, of praise, God, that you're filling us up, God, I just ask that you would just today instill in us this attitude, this commitment to share what you gave us today with the world around us, that you'd give us names, that you would, you would give us places, that God, you would go ahead and go and just reveal to us the opportunity you've called us to be faithful with. In Jesus' name, amen. God is a giver. God is a great giver. And he did this and he displayed this by the way he gave his son. I mean, think about it. I think it's a perfect picture of like none of us in our right mind will look at God and said, hey God, will you just send your son, Jesus? Because I need it. But God transcends our human knowing and he sometimes doesn't give what we want, but he gives us what we need. And that starts with a relationship with Jesus. Echo Church, I'm gonna have you stand up to your feet. And every week we do this. I wanna take a moment and pray this collectively as a church understanding that some of you, you have never prayed a prayer like this, or maybe you haven't prayed a prayer like this in a long time. And today, this is our church's commitment to say, Lord, I, we don't have it figured out, but you do, and we put our hope in you. This is our prayer that says, God, you are a good giver, and we thank you for that. And because you gave great, we're gonna follow you and live that out in our life. Let's pray, church. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. And everybody said, amen. amen. Let's take a few moments and just put our focus on God. Look to heaven and say, Lord, we are thankful and you are a good good father. When the music fades and joy is stripped away in a simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself it's not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart
about you it's all about you jesus i'm sorry lord for the things i made and it's all about you it's all about you challenge that Pastor Andy put out there for us today. What if we were a people that decided to pray big? Now, I felt convicted personally, so my new big prayer is to see God move in a way that probably seems impossible, which is I'm praying for the Minnesota Vikings to win the Super Bowl next year. Now, maybe not that big, but what if we really do trust God? What if we really do start to ask? And what if we become people that would rather regret asking too big than not asking at all. Let's trust God to do big, huge, awesome things. This is a season we have every year where we start table communities and we want you guys to be involved in our small groups. And we call them table communities here and they are life-giving. And in this time, it's super important that we are pursuing life-giving relationships. So, would you guys step out and go to the website, look at these amazing groups to be a part of and get involved see some familiar faces, invest in some other people and have them invest in you. We think it'll be well worth it. And now the last thing I want to talk about is we were, we I guess are, a church plant, right? We are a new church and one of the most incredible things is that other churches and other people really invested financially in the start of Echo Church. And because of the faithfulness of the people at Echo Church, now we get to do the same. And because of your faithfulness and your continued giving, we were able to help plant and launch an incredible church called Life Point Church in Louisville. And it is, it's an incredible church doing incredible things. And you guys were a part of that. So we want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness and your giving. Now check out this awesome video. 